The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Mark. Found Financial Food for Thought. I thought we needed a little common music. Kumbaya. Very good. Kate. You've heard the song. <laughs> you can sing it if you song. want. I was going to say, I, I want to hear it. I will, I will not do that on the air, but I have... Do you remember singing in Sunday school and oh, church yeah. and not, not a whole camps? Lot, not a whole lot of Kumbaya being sung on Capitol Hill. Let's get this started. The administration is willing to send people to work without regard for their safety, but the administration's unwilling to make sure these trillions of dollars in taxes. You recognize that raspy voice? Don't you? These workers directly. So Our own Sherrod Brown, of course. Oh, that's why I didn't like what he had to say. It's not safe to reopen the economy until we have worker protections in place that will control the spread of COVID. Former presidential candidate. Tracing protective equipment efforts that the president has clearly failed to lead. I think there's a question in here for Secretary, you said there's considerable risk of not reopening, that keeping some businesses closed could cause permanent economic damage. How many workers will die if we send people back to work There's without the, question. the protections they hmm. need, Mr. Secretary? Mr. Senator, we don't intend to send anybody back to work without the protections, and I would say I was prepared to come there today. I thought it was safe to testify. Matter of fact, I already was at the Senate this morning wearing a mask. And I assure you, uh, both myself and everybody on the task force, the vice president and others, are following the best medical advice. And uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of the medical advice that we're getting and the way the economy is opening up in a safe way. So how many how many workers should give their lives to increase our GDP by half a percent? That you're, that you're pushing people back into the workplace. You, there's been no national program to provide worker safety. The president says reopen slaughterhouses. Nothing about slowing the line down. Nothing about getting protective equipment. Is 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 how many workers should give their lives to increase the GDP or the Dow Jones by a thousand points? Is he going to let them talk? Give their lives to do that, Mr. Senator. And oh, I think your characterization dramatic, is unfair. Jared. We have provided enormous amounts of equipment. We've worked with the governors. We've done a terrific job. What happened to free speech? What a great job. We hear that from the president in news conferences when, in fact, this country, uh, the president did, is still not led an effort to scale up testing. He's played state after state, state against state. He's played hospital against hospital oh. to get protective equipment. Everybody in the country, your comments notwithstanding, knows that. Chair Powell went. So there he goes. Then he goes on to Chairman did. Powell. He's a little bit, you know, I, I mean... Uh, did Sherrod Brown re- read the statistics in Georgia that the when they reopened when everyone else that for three weeks in a row the COVID cases continued to decline even though they reopened and everybody was back to work with precautions in place obviously disinfecting masks so so of other countries so hmm yeah so I don't was, think anybody wants people go back to work to get sick there's guidelines right. yeah I, I mean Sherrod Brown you know I, he's got it in for. Munition. I mean, it's 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 been going on for many years, right? Um, you know, it, it's just like you know, Goldman Sachs man bad. You know, in other words, but what what? I mean, I'm a little tired. Is 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 Americans a little bit tired of hearing that type of exchange between our you know officials when we're I mean, in the middle of a recessionary pandemic? I think we should make the Congress sing Kumbaya. <laughs> I think they need to spend money maybe on some um, mediators on how to actually work together. Maybe they need a team building project. All right. So get us going here. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational radio talk program sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered 
fiduciary planning firm that's been helping people in the greater Cleveland area now for more than 35 years. What we do is build custom financial plans and financial modeling and objective analysis so that we help people that are working and people who are in their retirement years. And we're not investment advisors. Our clients either do the investments on their own or they already have an investment advisor in place. And if you've listened to the show any amount of time, you know that we're big on coordination with advisors and working together to get the best result possible. And we're here to talk about issues that may impact you. And we are also accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We're Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's List. And we do offer a free consultation. We're doing consultations uh, that are free again by phone or in person. It's whatever people are more comfortable with. And certainly when we have these times of whether it's difficult times, uncertainty, um, there are opportunities and maybe you need to know how the market volatility or how these changes are going to financially impact you in the long run. Um, Does it uh, impact your potential retirement dates? Does it impact Um, your spending or some of the, whether it's discretionary spending you were planning to do or some of the mandatory, and I need to rethink some of those changes. But also it's about creating that income you need as tax efficiently as possible. And we help people when they're working, how do we set things up so that your future income is tax efficient? Right. And Sakara, we've been talking about that. And I know Mm -hmm. you're going to touch on that later in the show is the idea of in, in, in times where you're trying to not sell your stocks low because mm-hmm. of the, the market drop and still collect those dividends, hopefully, um, but you need to raise cash because maybe you didn't have enough of a cash reserve that was, you know, it, it, something has come up on unplanned expense or something. So we, we've been talking about how can you get your hands on cash, mm-hmm. not only tax efficiently, which right. you just said, but also um, without having to sell your stocks low. You know, sometimes we call that using underutilized assets. Mm-hmm. So I think it is especially important right now. Um, I think too many people, sometimes they they make knee-jerk reactions or they just go out and get what's the easiest way th- to get their hands on cash, but mm-hmm. it may not be the best in the long run. Right. Or it may be um, when we're talking about creating those different pots of money and, and we've talked about, we haven't talked about a while, the tax wrappers, different assets are taxed differently. And you have these different buckets of money that you want to create, especially if you think tax rates are going to go up, which I don't know how they're not going to go up in the future. You want to be as proactive as possible when we have these more favorable rates. So later on, when you need to access those buckets, you know, some buckets, if you need $100, you take 100 out, it's going to cost you, you know, you get 100 Other ones, you might need 100 Actually, that 100 you're really only going to get 90 And other ones are going to be more. So you want to be as efficient as possible and take advantage of opportunities and as many news areas about all the problems out there there are also good things and opportunities in every economic situation in first states of many different sizes we're talking about the show about Roth conversions distributions of IRAs there's plenty of things even for working people you can do and underutilize assets during this time so if you um, want to take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person, you can also go online and sign up through our website. I have different specials and incentives. There's newsletters and other helpful information. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You listen to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, we certainly have gone through ups and downs in the economy. Um, We've gone through presidential elections. And we've gone through tax law um, changes. I was going to say <laughs> tax, many, many, go. many. So, Kara, I don't know. I mean, the bad news. I, I just see bad news. Okay, jobless claims came in at two point four million, or the nine week total thirty eight point six million. It's staggering. I don't care if you say you expected it. It's staggering. Um, also added to that now is about two point two million gig and self employment. Um, you know, because now their their ability to file for unemployment claims has kicked in. Okay, Ohio, right here in Ohio, forty six thousand uh, new jobless claims over the last week, bringing Ohio's nine nine week total to one point two million. 
Um, you know, the unemployment distributions in the state of Ohio so far, $2.8 billion. But, Carrie, the staggering point here is that they're only right now going out to 619,000 claimants of the $1.2 million that have filed. Mm. So that isn't going to end very term soon. Okay, so the CBO projects a 38% drop in GDP, uh, $2.1 trillion increase in the deficit. Goldman Sachs says stocks will tumble 18% the next three months. Uh, okay, uh, Reuters, long lasting global recession likely due to COVID-19 uh, world economic that's world economic forum um, investors should question buying U.S. stocks right now uh, pandemic shutters world order so sh- uh, shatters world order not shutters <laughs> I think that's a bo- either term there pandemic shatters world order sowing anger and mistrust you know that's the China Cold War we got going on right now um, psych- psychological toll of reopening to further divide between the haves and the haves not we haven't talked about the yeah. The, the spending gap in this country for a while. Commercial real estate transactions in the U.S. Hmm, plunged 71% in April. Ouch. That's because nobody, okay. were, there were um, some strict rules on how you can look at a house. All right. So, you know, I could read for another hour of more bad well, news. I could find an hour of good news. Okay, fine. Give me one minute, <laughs> Gary. Give me one, give me 30 seconds of good news, please. Well, I know the, um, we knew there were a bunch of vaccines in the works. Um, one of the companies, Madeira, um, announced Monday that, the vaccine that they have been testing on humans actually did trigger immune response and no one had significant adverse side effects. And after a long plateau, coronavirus cases and hospitalizations in the United States continue to decline. Okay. So those to me are good ones. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about... And Ohio reopened. I did go to dinner out to a restaurant on Thursday night. Did you really? Yes. I took my my younger two kids. They Did you were take ready your husband or no? No, he stayed home with the dogs. Okay. But um, it, was, it was very different. But, um, you know, bowling alleys, mini golf's going to open on Tuesday. Um, what did they say? Banquet centers and... Um, catering are going to open in June. That's good news for the brides, right? Yeah, especially look at June being a bit. Well, and I was going to say graduations. I think that, the June weddings have already been canceled. Yeah, probably. But I don't know if the, all the July and August weddings have been canceled. Right. Well, we know graduations have been modified. Here, I hear some good news I thought you were going to mention. Right. Uh, Lake Erie is teeming with walleye. Oh, that's a that's a okay. really good news. So the How Department of Natural Resources estimated 116 million walleye, two years older and older. So that should be now at the legal limit. You know, they have to be 15 inches before you can, you know, mm. not throw them back in, right? Uh, limit six, you know, but uh, so, yeah. So they're they're saying that. Um, Ooh, you know, that is a good thing. May, June, and July are normally the uh, the best walleye. Oh. So, so mm-hmm. says the uh, Ohio Department of Natural Resources. Okay. So, so you heard, so really there's a lot of mixed news out there, right? Mm-hmm. I still send, think it's more on the bad side than the good side. Um, but I think, who do we listen to? I think, Carrie, there's five voices right now that really matter mm-hmm. that the world is listening to. And no one else matters. Okay. Okay. Um, now, so who do you think is on, in my opinion, is on that list of five voices? Mm. And I'll give you a clue. Joe Biden is not one of them. Oh, that's a good thing. Um, I'll give you another clue. Okay. The two voices you heard at the opening clip, one of them is and one of them isn't. Okay. So who? there's a good clue for you. You're saying Sherrod Brown? Or who else Munition. is being, Which one do you think? I Munition. Think, I don't think obviously. I don't yeah. think anyone's listening to Sherrod Brown. Sorry, Sherrod. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, but if you come out like that, and that was the first question he got the, you know, the Democrats right. put him up on first in that, uh, you know, yeah, Senate hearing. That's, and that's and the, he came right out the door, right out of the gates with that. That sets the tone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I was going to say Trump. Trump. Okay, there's okay, so we got <laughs> Trump and munition. Munition, right? Munition. Okay, who else? I would hope Pelosi's not on there. Of course Pelosi's on there, Carrie. Oh, I, how could you not put her on because there? Because I don't even listen. Probably because I'm okay. going through my filter. That's the third I, one. Who do you think my fourth uh, and fifth is? I don't know. Okay, well who would be opposite of Nancy Pelosi in the Senate? Yeah. 
Mitch McConnell. Right. Okay, so, you know, so in my opinion, the only ones in the Senate or the House that matters is McConnell and Pelosi. Okay. Jared Brown, I don't care. Stacey Abrams, I, I don't think, you know, um, Barack Portman, I don't think anyone else matters. The governor of Michigan, no, Yeah, I don't think anyone else matters. <laughs> I think people are just going to listen to Pelosi and McConnell. And then who's my fifth one, Carrie? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to put Jerome Powell. Okay. You know, Federal Reserve Chairman. Um, you know, because he, I think he's playing a very important role in this as well. He's somewhat, um, you know, outside of the beltway. In other words, he shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't be, uh, you know, Democrat or Republican leaning. He's got to be totally independent. Um, he's got to be doing what he thinks is right um, for America. But he also has, you know, but he's also you know, keeps reminding, you know, the Congress that he can't do it all. The Federal Reserve Mm -hmm. controls monetary policy. It does not control fiscal policy and spending. Okay, so there are my uh, five ones, you know. And so so now we're all waiting uh, for the fifth bill, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because most people are now realizing the four wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, they didn't quite get the fifth bill done before they went on recess. Mm, when are they shocker. back, Carrie? Uh, I would hope Tuesday, but probably not. Oh, when's like it's June 1st? I think when's oh, that? Oh, they're taking an extended Memorial Day? This I'm is a only recess. shocked by pe- how much time they have off. And- yeah, because they have nothing else to do. They have, What are they worried about? <laughs> Um, all right, so Pelosi came out of the gate with Heroes Act asking for three trillion. That was her opening bid, right? Okay, three trillion. Okay, um, McConnell counters at one trillion. All right, um, so where is the real number, Carrie? Hmm. Somewhere in between, so right? Okay. Um, all right, so in my eyes, I think you're going to say, um, okay, everybody wants more stimulus checks. Who doesn't want more? Everyone raise their hand if you want more stimulus checks. Okay, mm-hmm. you can put your hands down now. All right, um, so that's going to be another $300 billion, right, for a second round of stimulus checks. Okay, and they have to do some about unemployment. You know those extra $600 a month, a week, excuse me, $600 a week checks? Right. They end in July. Well, the 38.6 million unemployed aren't going to be back to work by the end of July, right? So Maybe. Let's, so, let's be hopeful, Mark. Not by some the, of them. Not by July. Uh, you, you know, um, now, so they need another $300 billion to extend the unemployment. Okay, so Ouch. now um, and do you think tax rates are going to go up based on? Well, that's a we'll leave that discussion <laughs> later. All right, um, the PP plan, right? Um, I think you need another round of that. I think the second round is going out. I think there's still still money left in the second round, but I think that's still very popular, Gary, especially since the small businesses, unlike the first round when really the small businesses didn't get any money. At least in the second round, the small businesses are getting it. Right. Um, I've got some talk. I got to talk about that, too, today. Um, But so so if they extend the PP plan, that's another 500 billion. And I think Pelosi is going to get money for the state and local governments. I don't think you can ignore that. Mm -hmm. So let's say 500 billion for that. I mean, you know, she wanted a trillion for that in her three trillion package. She ain't going to get a trillion. But I think a lot of other economists think maybe 400 to 500 billion should shore up the state and municipalities. So, you know, they don't have to have 20 percent, you know, uh, cuts across the board. Right. Um, now and and all and all the public pensions plans don't fail overnight. All right, so so what am I up to, Carrie? Hmm. I'm up to about 1.6 billion, and let's ta- let's call it two trillion. I'm sorry, 1.6 trillion, right? 1.6 trillion. Let's call it two trillion. So that would leave 400 billion for you know COVID 19 support, right? Um, that could be hospitals uh, and nursing homes, you know, the frontline employees, you know, testing, you know, and, and equipment and stuff like that. So there you go. There's two trillion. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Now, how long will it take our congressmen to agree on that number? Huh. I don't know. I said not before July fourth. All right. Um, now that won't happen. All right. Uh, do you want to play the earnings game, Carrie? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to say they're all lower than projected. Unless it's Home Depot, Lowe's. Well, that's who we're talking about this week. Okay. So, you know, if you're not familiar. Uh, that we, place has been, both of them have been packed. We play the earnings game. And Carrie, well, what I do, I simply ask Carrie, you know, all the, the companies, I pick out some companies that reported earnings. We're in earnings season right now. And I just say from an earnings per share, because of the time and constraints of radio, I'm only doing earnings per share here. And ask her, did the company beat? Okay. 
So, you know, did they beat the forecast and that we get a little there or did they miss the forecast? All right. Okay. So beat, miss. Okay. okay. Um, so first up today is Lowe's. You mentioned Lowe's, right? Okay. So do you think Lowe's beat or missed earnings? I would say beat. Yeah. Only because I've seen the parking lots on weekends. Very good, Carrie. And, all right. Um, you see them from your car window, right? Because right. you're there as well, right? Right. Um, all right. And so Home Depot. Earnings per share came in at a dollar seventy-seven. And now remember, when we talk about the earnings game, we mentioned pennies, right? Because pennies matter, right. In this game, just ask J.C. Penny, right? Right. Uh, so, so uh, earnings uh, came in at a dollar seventy-seven. It beat street estimates of a dollar thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Um, revenues also beat. Okay, it came in at nineteen point six eight billion, beating estimates of eighteen point thirty-two. Okay, next is Walmart. So, right. did Walmart beat or miss, Carrie? I would say beat because with everybody home and not being able to eat out, maybe shopping and very good Carrie. needing home supplies. Walmart did beat. So okay. earnings per share came in at a dollar eighteen, beating street estimates of a dollar twelve. Okay. okay. Revenues came in one hundred and thirty four point six billion, beating revenue estimates of one hundred and thirty two point six billion. Okay. Um, next up is Home Depot. Okay. So did Home Depot uh, beat or miss? Oh, they beat it. Really? I'm shocked. Home Depot missed earnings. Okay. Only because there's been a line out the door. Either you go early or, or late before they close. Gary, they missed. All right. By um, how much? So e- EPS came in at $2.08, okay. and Street was looking for $2.27. All right. Okay. I'm shocked. Um, you know, their stock was down in, uh, about 2.2% on the news. Okay. Uh, revenues beat. So revenues came in at $28.3 okay. beating street estimates of 27.6. Okay. Um, how about Target? Target. I would say beat. Yeah. Digital sales up 141% at well, Target. yeah. Wow. Okay. EPS came in at 59 cents, beating the street uh, estimate of 44 cents. Revenues also beat, um, coming in at 19.6 billion, beating uh, estimates of 19 billion. Okay. Um, how about Alibaba? What is that? Carrie, you don't know Alibaba? No, I don't. That's the Chinese Amazon. Oh, I have no idea. Traded for the time being on U.S. Stock Exchange. Okay. Soon to be delisted. But, okay. you know, um, but uh, what about them? Mm, I don't know. I really don't know on that one. Give me an answer, Carrie. Mm, I'd say, so they're, they're a store in China? They're, a, they're just, it's an Amazon in China. Then I would say they probably beat it because China has a lot of people. Right. So, but here I got to do a little uh, U.S. currency conversion because they they report their earnings in yuan. Um, okay. So 9.2, I think it's about about 14%. So I'm thinking in U.S. dollars, uh, earnings came in at $1.29, beating uh, estimates of $0.85. Cents. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So there's our earnings game. So there's some good news there, right? Um, and, and that's pretty much... Um, like you had said, it, it, you can almost pick just by the, what the company sells of whether or not, you know, they are going to do well or not in this, you know, COVID recession mm-hmm. um, and kind of go from there. Um, a quick tax brief, Carrie. You know, I mentioned the PP plan, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if if you're a small business... And you applied for that. Okay. You might have gotten your money by now, right? And if you haven't talked to your CPA about it, you might want to get on the phone with them. Because there are some things. Now, if you've, if you've gone through the application and the loan um, approval process and you've actually gotten the money from your bank, you probably have gone through, you know, there's paperwork, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. You have to, um, and, and a couple of things, keys to remember. You know, if you're not familiar, that was, this is the Paycheck Protection Plan, right? This is part mm-hmm. of CARES Act. All right, um, so what it does, it allow you to borrow up to two and a half times of your average monthly payroll with a maximum of $10 million. Um, now, all, and it was going to be a fixed rate of 1%, and that all loan payments are deferred for six months. But here was the kicker. Here's why it was so popular. Borrowed funds don't have to be paid back to the extent that they're used to cover uh, uh, your payroll expenses. 
but there and were conditions rent and utilities and mortgage interest. so but yeah and so the so what are those conditions well carries there's 8 weeks right mhm you have to spend it you have to spend the money in 8 weeks see the idea is getting this money circulating again mm-hmm. right and you can't lay off those employees right right um so you have to you know you have to cover um now do they just take your word for it Carrie? no there's paperwork there's paperwork okay um so businesses must keep their workforce largely intact during that period to qualify for the loan forgiveness. And then there's also a 75% rule, Carrie, right now. Okay. Um, so that's at least 75% of the forgiven amount must be used for payroll expenses. So this is where your CPAs, and or if you're doing it at home, you know, you've got to, you know, make sure that. Now, this is guidance. You know, there's some question of whether this is tax law or not. And, and and don't ask me how the uh, IRS is going to watchdog this, because I have no idea. Um, but in either case, we're all going to follow the rules, right? right? All right. Um, now, but here's another thing that, you know, that may be surprising to a lot of people because they hadn't thought about it logically. But when you think about it logically, it kind of makes sense. You know, I'm always tell you, I'm not here to defend the uh, logic or simplicity or fairness of our U.S. tax code. I'm just trying to hear talking about the rules, Gary, right? Um, but so normally those types of expenses, payroll, rent, utilities, those are valid business deductions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you start with your gross revenues and you subtract your business expenses to get the net taxable profit or net taxable income, right? So, but, so would it be, so would you, are you allowed to get free money from the government that you don't have to pay back and then use that for those typical expenses and then still get to deduct those expenses to lower your taxes? Mm, I would guess no. You're, you'd be guessing right. Do you think <laughs> everybody know, I, has thought about that? No, but I don't think you're going to get free money that you can then deduct on your tax return. Usually the tax That'd be kind of double clear. dipping, we call yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So right now, but this is part of Nancy Pelosi's and her Heroes Act. She wanted clarification. She wants the government to say, well, why shouldn't the businesses be able to deduct those expenses? Because they got the money for free. That's why, Nancy. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like. All right. So, Carrie, tell how we got So, those are things, news. I guess, people, more good news. Um, well, yeah, I have to think about it. Um, okay. I'm going to talk about talk, the opportunity. I got more bad news here, Carrie. The, the opportunities that people have, Mark, you've been, we've been talking to clients and running analysis um, earlier this year because. If the market comes back doing looking at Roth conversions for people to, um, for cash while the market's down, you know, and we've had clients that are in a zero bracket, tax bracket or a 10 percent or the 12 or maybe they know they really feel like tax rates are going to go maxing out the 22 and looking at what conversions appropriate, especially if they don't have to take the minimum required distribution. It definitely made much more wiggle room on the tax return for people. Also, people are working. If you're contributing to your traditional company plan, maybe there's an opportunity where you hadn't been putting or we had a case a couple of weeks ago where they didn't realize until we told them to call and ask HR. They actually had the option of a Roth 401k. They thought they saw something a year or two ago. So because they're, they've already contributed up to some level to the traditional, they're going to shift a portion of it to the Roth 401k and create that bucket of money for later and those if you want to hear about other opportunities the last couple of weeks we've talked about underutilized assets when it comes to annuities and life insurance so all these opportunities are the fun part of planning and it's exciting when you can bring positive when there isn't any the estate planning team remember we've been around more than 35 years we are a fee-based firm we're traditional financial planner numbers crunchers even though we don't do investments we do look at your assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency and have had conversations with our clients about how much risk should they be taking on to be okay and some people because they made those changes early on in the planning um, they weren't affected by the market downturns as much because they were taking on only the risk they needed to 
to be okay versus some people get excited about all the growth that we've had in the past. Um, so there are opportunities. And like our plans, our fees are customized. We have both hourly and comprehensive retainer options. We offer the free consultations by phone or in person. So if you want to take advantage of that um, call, we will call you back now with the Memorial Day weekend on Tuesday morning. Or if you send an email, we will reply. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, here's some good news, Carrie. Okay. Here's a headline. Trump says he won't close the country if second wave of coronavirus hits. You can't close the country. Now, some people might say that's bad news. Is that bad news or bad. good news I don't, to you? I think, I, that's I'm saying it's good news. That's good news because I don't, I, I don't know that closing it because other countries who didn't close it. Oh, you know, another good news on the coronavirus. There's been enough people. I know there's been uh, mention about vitamin D, which in Northeast Ohio, most of us are probably deficient. Um, but they said vitamin D helped may prevent your immune system from killing you if you contact contract COVID. Multiple research firms have found that patients um, that are most sickened by COVID have the lowest levels of vitamin D. The vitamin D seems to help prevent the cytokine storm that when the person overre- system overreacts to the virus, which is what's killing most people, that um, in all the countries with the high COVID death rates, they've also re- you know checked and people have been vitamin D deficient. So get out there, enjoy the sunshine. Oh, Take a vitamin D supplement, you know, check with your doctor. Morning. I hope so. We should. I'm going to clean the gutters. I was going to say I'm going to work on some pro- home um, projects. Weekly mortgage applications point to a remarkable recovery in home buying. There's hmm. some good news. Here's not so much good news. Um, school systems respond to state education budget cuts. So you, so you heard a couple of weeks ago we played, you know, when uh, Governor DeWine had to say he was going to had to cut. 700 some million mm-hmm. in the last two fiscal months, last two fiscal months of the fiscal year, for the last two months of the fiscal year. And so this is out of our, um, you know, West Side Sun newspaper, Carrie, mm-hmm. um, Bay Village, Rocky River and Westlake. OK. So what does this mean to the, you know, to these local West Side school districts? Uh, that's where I, you know, habitat. So Bay Village saying their cuts, it's going to for them, it's going to be about 631 thousand dollars okay rocky river uh saying the state funding cuts is going to be about eight hundred and five thousand um westlake saying it's going to be about a million twenty five thousand now uh, what is so what i don't know what that means uh, yeah what's that going to really translate to you know i mean this is why again i do think in the fifth bill you know that there's going to have to be some money, you know, allocated to the state and local municipalities so they don't have to cut out all sports. They don't have to cut out, you know, the bus drivers. They don't have right. to, you know, cut out the the janitors. I, I you know, I just think um, there, there's going to have to be some money. There. Well, and then they, they were announced this week, not only I think it's early June or not, maybe next week that sports can now lay do their conditioning or whatever camps are back on for sports yeah so so i talked a little bit last week i said you know what i would like to see in the fifth bill is something to deal with the long-term care crisis that's going to be smashing us here in less than a decade do you think that they're going to add that on top of all the stuff like well i saw things on a lot of things in those bill that shouldn't be in that bill well, I mean, did you see that what Ohio, they said 70% of the deaths are, are nursing home related? Right. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, you've, you've seen all the articles. Um, the, uh, you know, here's Yeah, have you seen the nursing home in New York that's sold? 70 dead in a Massachusetts veterans home. These guys never had a chance. Um, it's a sinking ship. COVID-19 deaths triple at state-run vets nursing home in Chester County. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. And the numbers are staggering, Carrie, right? Um, So I'm going to keep talking about this because maybe somebody is listening. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, 
okay, so Pew Research back in 2011, you know, gave us that famous statistic, 10,000 baby boomers a day are starting to turn 65. That was back in 2011. So come up today, they're, you know, the oldest baby boomers are turning about 74. Okay. Um, in, a dozen, in 10 to 12 years, Carrie, the oldest baby boomers, 10,000 a day, are going to be turning 85, 86, typical age when you need this type of convalescent care. Okay. All right. Um, now, let's say 2,000 die. Okay. So let's say there's only 10, 12 years, only 8,000 a day are turning 86. Okay. Statistics tell us that 70% of us are going to need this some type of long-term care. Okay. Okay. So you got the calculator that can do the fuzzy math, Carrie? No. Okay. Take 8,000 a day. Let's take 70% need care. That's what? 5,600 a day. Um, 365 days a year. That's, mm. that's 2,044,000 per year. Okay, and that's going to go for 19 straight years. Okay, that's 38,836 baby boomers who are going to need some type of long-term care assistance in the next, you know, 20, uh, 30 years. Okay, um, now, how many nursing homes do we have in this country today, Carrie, right uh, now? Uh, 15,600 to be exact. Really? Okay. That's less than I would suspect. Um, now, you know, number of beds, about 1.7 million licensed beds. Number of patients right now, it's estimated between 1.3 and 1.4 million. Okay, so let's take the 1.4 million. Let's divide that by the 15,600 uh, nursing homes that are built right now. That's about 90 patients per nursing home. You know, obviously some are bigger, some are smaller, right? right? Okay. Um, now, but um, now, so if we're, if, 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 if the baby boomers, if 38 million baby boomers are going to wind up in these places, uh, how many nursing homes do we need? Mm. Oh, Mark, how many people say they're never going in a nursing um, home? Okay. That's not going to be me, right? So 38 million, about, uh, you know, about uh, 90 patients. Per, that's about 431,511 nursing homes we need. Okay. How many do we have today, Carrie? 15,600. 15, which okay. I think is low. By the way, how long did it take the private industry to build those 15,600 nursing homes? I mean, they've been around for a while, right? Oh, I know. But have you seen the facilities popping up left and right? Well, I, I mean, they better get busy, Carrie. But I, I'm just, I don't know how long it took them to build the 15,600, but can they build 400,000 in the next 25 years? I'm in Medina County, Mark. I don't know how many big three-tier places went up in the last two years. Multiple. Um, now, see, my point is, but is that industry from the privatization of it failing? I don't think the government getting involved is going to be. A I good think they're going to have to. I hope not, um, because I don't know how they're going to staff them. Right. Um, well, I don't you think know. The government can do a better job than private. I don't think so. Well, I don't know how they're going to. Uh, how much they're going to charge to be profitable? I don't know. They already if, charged through the roof. You know, how many the, lawsuits are going to be filed against these nursing homes because of the COVID? You know, that's one of the things McConnell wants in the fifth bill is some tort reform, right? So you, yeah. you can't go against this. Um, because but, if you were already weak anyway and in that cat, I mean. But here, here's my point. We have been talking to, you know, we've been in business for 35 years. We have been talking about long-term care risk to our clients for 35 years. This is nothing new to the estate planning team. All right. What we are different from a lot of other planners is that we don't say there's only one solution. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you come to our classes, which we will be starting up again when we get, you know, the okay and everyone can, you know, come in again. But, um, but we've been doing classes for many, many years. And, you know, we talk about the possible solutions for long-term care because you're right. You, we don't know what the world is going to do. You have to sharpen your own elbows and figure out what are you going to do. Right. Um, now, you know, we can talk about, you know, the self-insure cost, you know, solution. Right. We can talk about the, the, the long-term care insurance. But we, we have also, there's a lot of, you know, people out there thinking the long-term care insurance industry has failed. Um, in other words, they thought they had the model to protect everyone. That is certainly not the case. All right. Um, we could talk about we talk about the life insurance hybrid solution. You know, we talk about the continuing care community solution. You know, you know, those are those buy in carries. Right. You know, um, we talk about the, you know, the uh, legal solution. 
you know, where, you know, you, you know, where the, the elder care attorneys help the families, you know, understand the Medicaid look back rules and the and how to apply for veteran benefits, you know, the AIDS and attendance benefits and those things. And, and, and then but, you know, but a lot of people are holding their breath for the government solution because there's a lot of people in this country that say I've got too much money to get Medicaid, but I don't have enough money to buy long term care insurance. Mm-hmm. So where do I stand in this, you know, uh, situation? Um, and that's why I think a lot of people, you know, remember we had we thought we had a a plan in the Class Act, right? That was part of the original Affordable Health Care or Obamacare, right? Um, but they didn't fund it, and that was one of the first things yanked out of Obamacare. Right. But you know that idea is still there. I'm not sure there is that the government is going to have to be part of the solution. Right. But I think there's so many other issues that they need to pass a bill that's very specific instead of these huge bills that throw in a bunch of stuff because we're doing favors. For this person and that, well, where it muddies the water, well, federalize the jobs. You know, um, you know, make or at least make it part of the, where Medicare covers this. Um, now, there. Well, now, then who's going to pay for that? I mean, uh, Bernie Sanders, right? Um, you know, but the 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 you know, it, it's I don't know, but I don't, I just don't know if there's another solution, especially. If the if I don't know how many nursing homes are not going to reopen, I mean, they may be closing because of this covid pandemic. And in other ways, they failed. Clearly, it was a failure that the the system right now is broken, Carrie. So I'm open to answers. Um, What happens if you have a elder person who is in a nursing home and they got their twelve hundred dollar stimulus check? And they're on Medicaid. Then I would think the government's going to take it back. It would be my guess. Well, there's been some controversy Are they about allowed that. To keep some of it for spending. Um, and uh, you know, again, I don't think you know you have to return the money. Well, there was some you know stories out there that nursing homes were saying you have to give them the money. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure the nursing home would like the money. And but we don't know if that's the law. Okay. Now, uh, other ones, we've had clients receive notices from their particular nursing homes that said, you know, you, you don't have to give the $1,200 stimulus checks from the government to them, the nursing home meaning, but um, it doesn't affect, you know, it doesn't also doesn't affect their Medicaid eligibility, okay, because um, it's not really categorized as income, right. all right, um, but they say you need to spend that money within 12 months and it must be spent on the nursing home resident. Okay. Okay. So, um, so there's a little bit of news there. All right, Carrie. So we, we're talking about. Um, let's talk about using underutilized assets. Okay. Um, so you know when we're, we're again. So th- we've been talking about this, and you can always go back and listen to the podcast. Carrie, how do how do they get the podcast? You can go to a financialfoodforthought.com. There we have a link right at the top. Also on the website, you can contact us for a consultation, sign up for the newsletter. There's calculators, there's alerts, summaries on different law changes um, that come up, as well as um, specials and incentives for people who take the time to come in. Remember, we have a consultation by phone or in person, and you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Even though we're fee-based, we do have affordable options, whether it's hourly or retainer, and that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. So we've we've been talking about, you know, what's the plan now if you didn't plan for this economic downturn? Um, And... You know, the three things we keep saying is say no to selling low. Mm-hmm. Right? In other words, so don't sell your stocks low in a panic. Okay. Um, now, if you're trying to harvest losses, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a taxable account and you're trying to harvest losses, eh, you know, there's maybe uh, uh, you can make a case for that. Um, but if these are, you know, stocks in your IRA, you know, that you're not going to, you know, get the loss anyways, um, you know, it's a different situation. Um, all right. Preserve your cash reserve. Okay. All right. Um, you know, and, and although you've been talking about on shows, even last year when things were good. Build your cash reserve. Right, well, the, remember this, Carrie, this, <laughs> this we're talking to people fact, right. who didn't plan for this right. economic downturn. What do they do? 
Yeah, right. if you followed them. <laughs> but even when things were good, we were telling people on the air, hey, oh, they can't stay good talking about how to build that. Um, yeah, we talked for years about right. how do you protect your family from the upcoming economic downturn. Um, all right. Now you could say, um, all right. So how do you do that? Well, if you, if review your discretionary spending, you know, right. it, it, do you really have to buy that thing this year, even though it might've been in your plan, but if it's going to wipe out your cash reserve, maybe you shouldn't. Okay. Because um, things pop up. I mean, people have had major plumbing issues or I need a new air conditioner, or those are things that have big price tags that dental work. Right. Uh, or how about, you know, you could cut back on your tax qualified plan contributions. That, that, right. That's another way to give you some cash flow. You could take out loans. You know, part of the CARE Act 1 is, you know, they double the limits if you want to take a loan and, and you don't have to pay it back for three years. You know, so, that, you know, that may be a, a solution if you don't want to sell your stocks low to come up with cash. Um, if it's a taxable account, again, maybe you can turn off, if you know, the, the non-qualified dividend uh, interest capital gain reinvestment. You know, mm-hmm. you know, see, your investment advisors love to do that. You know, if, if you're silent, if you just open a, a taxable, you know, brokerage account and you don't tell them any differently and they bunch you, they buy you a bunch of mutual funds and, or stocks or whatever you or bonds or whatever, if you don't tell them differently, chances are they just are going to hit the switch that says you reinvest all the earnings. But the point is they'll still hit your tax return. You get those 1099 interest, 1099 dividends, and you know the, the brokers, the, the capital gain distributions. So in a year where you're looking for cash flow and you don't want to have to sell your stocks low to come up with that cash flow, you may say, hey, turn off the you know reinvestment, at least for a while, at least while until I get my cash reserve back up. And then uh, and because you're paying the taxes on that, those dollars anyways. So now you're on the risk of, you, you know, you're, you're paying taxes on those dollars. There's not providing you any cash flow. And now you've got to sell low to come up with the cash flow you need, um, which now you're no longer getting the dividends on, on the stocks you just sold. So you just added to the pain. Okay. Utilize underutilized assets. Carrie, you're going to pick up on that one. Well, that one we've talked about in the last couple of weeks where people have had old life insurance policies, either where they've built up cash value. In some cases, the cash value almost matched the death benefit. And they were some people were continuing to pay premiums and not. But in some cases, people were able to take some cash value out of the policy as a loan or withdrawal, different policies, different rules. Um, but working with the insurance company and making sure there's no tax consequence. But being able to take money out, in some of cases, we've had actual cases where they've taken the money they need for cash flow, been able to keep the death benefit in place and still pay no premium and the policy's lasting. Or other people have had really small policies where the cash value and the death benefit are the same. At that point, it's just basically as a savings account and making sure with the insurance company what portion's taxable and understanding that of um, the cash value in some cases are some portion tax, other it's not. But, you know, at some point when your death benefit and your cash value is the same and it continues, you know, some people have cashed out those old smaller policies or my favorite. And we've been doing this and I keep working with our clients. I had somebody call me again um, this week that heard it last week on the show. I just hadn't got through everyone where we're looking at illustrations saying, especially if you have these old, these are more in permanent term. You can't really do anything about right, the universal or the whole life. Um, but looking at illustrations saying, is there, because we've had a couple good years in the market. And even though that, even though the policies, those fixed aren't tied, sometimes they, in those, you have a guaranteed and a current, um, on those illustrations, there's been enough buildup where we can rerun, um, have the company rerun illustrations and they are able to pay less premium for the same death benefit. I did that earlier this year for a client in March and they saved about $800 right now a year. Now we'll relook at it every year to make sure it's still lasting, but it was still lasting to age 100 um, versus I think at the time they defaulted all policies to lifetime. So $800 a year, that was significant. We had another case, it was 3800 a year in savings for the same death benefit lasting the same period of time. So it's, you know, even though that's not necessarily creating cash, instead of having to write that check for the full amount, I mean, you can do that with your expenses in any way possible. Yeah. So it, and, you know, so sometimes, Carrie, it's, you know, the little things that add up, Mm -hmm. right? Um, To get your overall cash flow needs. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, being smart about estimated tax payments. You know, just you know, just don't default to the previous year's safe harbor if you think that your actual tax liability is going to be lower this year. Remember, you've got a current year safe right. harbor and, you can work with. And sometimes people feel good about, oh, I'm making those estimates or I get money back. Well, if you have to pay the estimates and then I have to withdraw from a place that I'm going to get taxed, where we're talking about those pots costing you more. So it's really going to cost you money to pay the government early. And we've also talked about the annuities on other shows. And I know we didn't get to it today, but we'll talk about that as an underutilized asset, too. Yeah. Three, four, four, Brown, it, it, he didn't just start with munition this year. Oh. No. I didn't have to go I, far I, too I back to remember this. That. I know they've well, they did. They did. Okay. So, uh, well, if, if you know they did, then well, because I, I want to hear it from you. If you don't know it, well, then I, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I'm going to keep interrupting because we don't have a lot of time. I apologize Ooh. if you see that as rude. But this, this is 2017. foreclosed on 10,000 plus borrowers without proper procedure at least 23 who were current on their Sure has been upset with. So for a what long I would time. say is we followed the same procedure yes or no. that the FDIC, Did the OCC say that that the FDIC followed. We inherited the FDIC yes, the procedures. Let him ask the question. I, 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 is it true that one West? That's our that's our congressman hard at work. Violated the service members. So no, maybe he's got a point. You know, he's. I'm not saying that, but at some point you let things go when it, in a conversation is no longer productive. Maybe you need to try another tactic because. Yeah, what's the agenda there? All right. So I said one of the five voices that people are listening to, in my opinion, is Fed Chairman Powell. Okay. So the Fed minutes came out this week, and there was notice. There was a noticeably different idea mentioned. All right. Um, and so this is from the Treasury, uh, not from Treasury, from the Federal Reserve April Board minutes. Um. Several participants remarked that a program of ongoing Treasury securities purchases could be used in the future to keep longer-term yields low. A few participants also noted that the balance sheet could be used to reinforce the committee's forward guidance regarding the path of the federal funds rate through Federal Reserve purchases of Treasury securities on a scale necessary to keep Treasury yields at short to medium-term maturities capped at specific levels for a period of time. Hmm. Can you say yield curve control? I mean, this is something that, um, you know, is the Federal Reserve, you know, are they actually cornering the Treasury market? Um, So so when they're saying more guidance for the path of short-term interest rates, they've been doing that. Mm -hmm. They did that in the last Great Recession. Right. Right. Um, but the, the adding now the capping long-term interest rates, uh, that's kind of new. Okay, this would be the first time the Federal Reserve has gone to that. Now, we, they say it's always different this time, Carrie, right? But that's why a lot of people are saying, even though the Federal Reserve, and you won't find it in the minutes anywhere, I read all of them, where they, they ever are saying we're going to go to negative interest rates in this country, the, the, the fact that they're doing some of these other things, I'm not so sure it's not going to happen. So, again, you may have to build or, re, or remodel, or, you know, go back to your modeling of your plan, just like the Federal Reserve is already doing. They're, they're doing multiple models, depending on whether the coronavirus gets, we get a vaccine or whether it comes back. And they've got multiple models going. Right. So it's very similar things to what we're doing with our clients. Because if you plan, then you know how, what actionable steps and what you can do for your long-term financial stability versus panicking or making an emotional decision because you don't, or doing nothing, which a lot of people do. Doing nothing doesn't help the situation, but you don't know what to do. So you don't do anything. The plan allows you an opportunity to see these what if scenarios. Right. And so we understand all models are wrong, but some are useful. And that's what we talk about. All right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com and have a nice Memorial Day weekend. 
Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.